0: I guess this is episode two. I don't know. I think we're this in episode is, three.
1: This is episode three. Oh, okay. In fact, Okay. Uh, I scrolled to the, down
0: too far. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> welcome to the Layer of Seekers Podcast, a podcast about gaming and being a geek by two middle-aged geek dads. I am David Moore, and I've been pulled into an alternate reality running on the edge.
0: And I'm Ken Newquist, and I just ran five miles, so if I fall asleep during the podcast, that's why. I'm I'm once again trying to do the uh, <laughs> The 10K training regime. I think I tried. It. I started doing that. I think during season one, if I remember correctly. But I'm, I'm making another crack at it. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah.
1: Well, you did. You did at least hike Philmont.
0: I so did. I mean, that was why I was. It's doing not it, like right? you <laughs> were just
1: sitting on your couch not doing anything. You've you've been out and active.
0: I have. I have. And so, and, and I, did, I did stop it because my knees were starting to bother me. And then I went to physical therapy and I fixed my knees. So I'm better, Good. stronger, faster, not a million dollars worth, but, you know, definitely better. So I now know how to prepare for running, go running, and come back from running and recover from running. Good. All of which, because I'm 50, takes like three hours. But, yes. you know, yeah. Stay healthy, folks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm working on that myself.
1: <laughs> Speaking of running. Uh, I've been doing a lot of edge running lately in Cyberpunk 2077. I tried. I tried. I've been playing Cyberpunk 2020 2077. Um, I mentioned it last episode that I was playing, still enjoying it, but I've kind of put it down right now because I don't want to finish it. Like I'm anticipating a what's the Western game? Uh, Red Dead Redemption. I'm anticipating a Red Dead Redemption esque ending, and I don't want my main character to die. You know.
0: Yes, that's, that's yes, just I the way I feel that. about it.
1: That's just the way I feel about it. I will probably end finish it, but uh, I've also been prepping for uh, a big class that I'm going to be teaching at work, so uh, I kind of put it down the last few days. Having put it down, I've I've started looking at streaming stuff, and you've started looking at streaming stuff yes and so we've got a list of things that are out now and things that are coming up that are of interest to us one of which both of us are interested in which is the sandman on netflix um i have seen i believe everything they they released like two smaller episodes right uh a a little while after they released the initial series okay and so I, I did catch those so i don't know if they've had anything past that mm. one of them was when I, did you ever read the original
0: comics series or graphic you novels? know I've, I've i've read parts of it and i think i came in late and so i don't know that i actually read it like from the very beginning because as i'm watching and I'm trying to it's, it's like a dream mm-hmm. you know i mean obviously i read these in college right so right, this is right. like 92 93 and i certainly like i have a couple of like the graphic novels on my shelf and they haven't quite lined up with what I remember from Sandman, so I'm thinking I didn't.
1: <laughs> Got it. I I mean I read a decent amount of them, but there are so many. Uh, yes. Like the Omnibus is a good inch and a half thick, and I think there's two volumes of that. <laughs> so it's not it's not a uh, thin amount of content. So the the like the later of the episodes is one where the cat's dream. I don't know if you've if you've read that that short, but like. No, I haven't. OK, uh, I won't spoil it for you, but but <laughs> we we get an insight into the mind of cats in that one. That's brilliant. And and it it's really good. It's it's kind of a that one's kind of a side story to the main Sandman story, but it still deals with dreaming from what I remember of it. Uh, and mind you, I have also probably last read it. Uh, when I was in college, which would be 30 plus years ago, the feelings of the Netflix series echo very well with what I remember of the comics. Yes,
0: and so, I would completely
1: agree. I think they did a really good job. The main the character, the the main actor who does who plays Sandman, I think that they picked pretty well. I don't know how he would be as an actor in another role. But he plays the 90s emo goth dream or goth, uh, yeah, dream, uh, dream, yeah. Of, of the comics very well. I think they
0: chose well, and I like, yeah, I, I like yeah. death as well. Death, I think she was, she was great. So, the episode I just watched was the one where they introduced death. I've been savoring them, like, I'm only watching them at night because it seems like, you know wrong to watch them in the middle of the daytime show no it's more of a nighttime show right yeah so i'm savoring all of them because i just don't want to binge the whole thing in one in one big setting sitting so uh but yeah it's it's bringing and it's also it's it's like bringing me back to like happy times in in college so I'm, i'm definitely savoring them it's like drinking a nice cup of cocoa yeah. So uh I'm enjoying it. I think you know I'd be curious to see and if people have different experiences who didn't like basically grow up with Sandman like I'm curious as to people for whom this is their introduction what do they think of it but yeah um, I'd be very yeah. interested. I think they nailed it. It feels it's got that mythic quality that I loved about Sandman and it the visuals are reflecting you know the art the art in Sandman always was very different from your other mainstream comic book titles, right? Like it spawned the whole like Vertigo sub series sub title within or sub company within DC. And so it was a very different aesthetic. And I think they've retained that aesthetic for the series.
1: Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, uh, shortly after starting to watch it, I had posted to, uh, to our little slack group that we talk on that seeing this it's, you know, it brings me back to college. And if people are watching this brand new who are of college age or or high high school age, I see a new goth wave coming <laughs> because it's just it it's it really is evocative to me. Yes. How how good that's
0: that part is.
1: Well, and we also like this isn't even on our list, but uh, they do, they're they doing an inter, a, a remake of Interview with a Vampire.
0: Oh, I, I, yeah, I heard about that. I heard about that.
1: So there's all of that as well. What was the other thing that I was thinking about? Oh, it was also vampire related. A year ago, I was talking with with Aaron, my wife, who and it was like what kind of games would you want me to run that you would play in and she'd like i'd i'd like you to rerun you know your vampire game from back in college and i was like that would be cool but i just don't feel that i could run the same game 30 years later you know i'm just not in that headspace right. and then i watched sandman <laughs> So I'm a You're little right more in that headspace. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, there's like a direct line that you could draw between me watching Sandman to me picking up Cyberpunk Red to me playing Cyberpunk 2077 again, because Sandman and uh, well, I played Shadowrun, but but Cyberpunk 2077 was the same era or right. cyberpunk 2020 was the same era. What's on what's on your list?
0: of things that you're interested in (laughs) guilty pleasure time Uh, i couldn't probably get any further from sandman if you if you tried um the new season of cobra kai came out season five which astounds me that it went up to season five um and aaron informed me yes i mean it's it's good in a guilty pleasure sort of way like i mean it's Two middle-aged guys figuring out what the hell it is they're doing, right? Like this rivalry from way back, and like realizing like everybody made mistakes, and 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 uh, lots of karate, right? And then just melodrama and um just lots of of uh random fist fights, <laughs> well, random karate fights all over uh California. But um, gotcha. It also season four. So I'm watching season four, and I'm feeling kind of lost because they're introducing characters I don't I don't know. And then I I googled it. I'm like, wait, there was a Karate Kid three. I had no idea there was a Karate Kid 3. Now, apparently it wasn't very good. Which,
1: which one was that? They did a Karate so Kid 1, Karate Kid 2, he went to Okinawa. Is that yes. Karate Kid 2? And yeah, I think yeah. There, there was a Karate Kid 3 that I know I did not see.
0: So. so it it still has Daniel as like the main character and like the like evil corporate guy shows up. And I, I don't I don't know. I, I feel like I need to watch Karate Kid 3, even though I know it's going to be terrible to help in, inform <laughs> uh, season five of Cobra Kai. But I do feel like they're they're redeeming those actors, right? Like they're giving us gotcha. some good stuff to to chew on. And it's like I've I've, I've seen a couple of people online saying I thought that, you know, Karate Kid 3 was irredeemable and Cobra Kai season five is redeeming it. I'm like, wow, that's, that's kind of high praise. So yeah, yeah, that I will binge, right? Like, I don't know, maybe I'll, I, you know, we talked last time I need to put my comic books away. Maybe I'll just like binge uh, Cobra Kai and put my comic books away. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, uh, I've actually heard similar things about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus uh, saying it redeems Hayden Christensen's portrayal of Anakin mm. in the prequels for Star Wars. So yeah, it's, it's possible to have years and years later redeeming (laughs) something to redeem an earlier movie. My Aaron is very into Cobra Kai and is like, why aren't you into Cobra Kai? You constantly, (laughs) you constantly play no more Kings, which is a, which is a, which is a band. I don't know if they're still together, but they did a, they did a song called sweep the leg.
0: Yes, I remember that. And it had
1: uh, the actors who played Daniel Russo and I can't remember the the bad guy's name now. I know what you mean. Yes, it had both of them in it, um, and there and it's like it's like a mu- music video of season one, as far as I can tell, of Cobra Kai. And I would not be surprised if that music video ended up being the inspiration to make Cobra Kai initially. Because the initial season of Cobra Kai, I think, was like just a web series sort of thing, or very yeah, it was, on, it was on,
0: yeah, it was on YouTube Red, yeah, and of all the things, <laughs> yeah,
1: and I saw several episodes on that of that um, back then. So yeah, I I really love the video. I love the the concept of of them being in the future, and then for some reason, I just haven't haven't latched on to the series itself.
0: I mean, you're in the you're in the goth cyberpunk headspace. I don't I I don't know that your head might explode if you watch Cobra Kai right now. (laughs) I am. It would be.
1: Well, I I mean, uh, because the original I'm pretty sure the original Karate Kid came out when I was in high school. Sounds about right. So that would be like, here, let me revert to, to college me. And then I start moving forward again. And then I have to make a U-turn all the way back to high school me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why it hasn't caught, grabbed me. Um, uh, Stranger Things hasn't grabbed me, but it's grabbed a lot of people that I, you know, I know them and like some of the stuff that they watch. I actually have Stranger Things on my list of things to watch when I have a long period of time to
0: watch things. But the so Karate Kid came out in 1984. Yep. So high school. So. Me. Really? Yeah.
1: First year high school for me. Cause I was in sixth grade, uh,
0: I graduated, that closer in age
1: than that. I graduated, <laughs> I graduated in 89,
0: I graduated in 90. Okay. So actually it would be, um, maybe middle it school, it would be eighth grade. It would be eighth grade. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So. Because um, I was in eighth grade in '86. Although now we're completely digressing, but I remember yeah. *Karate Kid* two came out in high school, and that was like the date movie.
1: Yeah, it was a unfortunate date movie, probably because it wasn't <laughs> probably it wasn't a. I mean, maybe it was okay for high school, but like from what I remember, it it wasn't a great movie.
0: It was not, but it had like the power of love, right? It like that did song, have the that power that of love. Song never ended. Yeah. <laughs> Was oh, that where that song was? I think so. Oh, wow! Right? Like, I think. Okay, okay. I'm just riffing right now. I did not do research. Okay, <laughs> but in but in any case, <laughs> Cyberpunk Edge Runners, eh? <laughs> yes. Cyberpunk
1: Edge Runners uh, just came out today as we're recording, uh, September 13th. I have to confess, I have already mainlined all 10 episodes, and it was good. It was it. It was it was good on a number of levels. I liked the story. It was a very cyberpunk dystopian sort of story. But also because I have played Cyberpunk 2077 so much, they use a lot of like the heads up display for a phone call, the heads up display for someone hacking into a network. Um, Some of the locations, the physical locations in Cyberpunk 2077 are mirrored in are mirrored in Edgerunners, like the layouts of certain apartments, the layouts of certain blocks of buildings. They even reuse uh, the sounds of phone calls in Cyberpunk 2077. They use the same ring sounds in Edgerunners. So that's one level. But but I, I really enjoy the characters. The characters are believable. They don't always make the best choices, but they make the choices that you would expect them to Mm -hmm. like, dude, you know that that's not the right way to go, but you're going to make that choice anyway, because you, you, you have a flaw, you know, and so you're going to make that choice and it's been a journey. I won't spoil it, but it, it's good. I would say, uh, I would say watch it, especially if you're into anything cyberpunk. I don't need to sleep this
0: weekend. Yeah. You don't <laughs> need to. No, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of not sleeping, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just discovered this earlier. So, uh, Prey came out on Hulu. I watched it. It's an excellent Predator movie. It's set during, um, like the, the old west times it follows a native american uh i can't remember the specific tribe i've heard really been, good things about it it's been about a month but basically like there's these rites of passage that they're going through and there's a female main character who's great and and they're dealing with like i think it was french trappers and so there's uh there's m- m- multiple overlapping themes in terms of the native american characters needing mm. to prove themselves by going on a hunt and then meanwhile i have a predator show up and what's he doing? Well, he's proven himself by <laughs> like yep. going on a hunt. Yep. Um, so it's, I would say it's, it's, it's the best Predator movie since Predator. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, there are parts of Predator 2 that I enjoy because it's ridiculously over the top. Right. Um, and Danny Glover is like a badass action hero. <laughs> 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 like, Danny, like, you know, I remember him from like Lethal Weapon. He's like, ah, I'm too yep. old for this. Right. And in, yep. and in, and in Predator 2, he's just like, He's got a Schwarzenegger not, on, right?
1: Yeah, he's not quite Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he's still he's got tenacity. That, oh, he's got tenacity and most like, people. Yeah. didn't.
0: Yeah. He did not have that world weariness right that you kind of came to know from like Lethal Weapon. Right? right. In this movie, he's just just kind of like he's showing up and he's he's kicking butt and taking names and what have you. So I certainly can appreciate parts of Predator 2 and some of the other ones. But here's the thing, all of the Predator movies and uh, Aliens versus Predator, are currently streaming on hulu so okay i love my creature features i'm not above going back and watching bad creature features just because (laughs) you know
1: there are more predator movies than i realized um especially if you count like the avp movies as well yes that's that's a lot and i didn't you know it's like i didn't realize that they it's kind of like direct-to-video release sort of for several of them from what i understand
0: yeah, certainly, Alien versus Predator Requiem is got to be. I don't know. It's it's a toss up between that and the Predator as the worst of the movies. Okay. But um, okay. <laughs> we should have Chris Johnson on. I believe he 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 ranked these in our Slack channel, telling nice. us about like, which ones were the worst. He, I do um, remember now. He did do that. Yes. <laughs> the
1: author we both we both know of is uh, Scott Sigler, who actually did write an Alien novel. Yes, it was good. Alien Phalanx. Yes. What was what's funny is he wrote uh, shortly after Prey came out. He he tweeted that watching all these Predator movies, Predators kind of suck. They do because they all <laughs> die at the end. You know, it's, not, it's that's not really a spoiler. You know, and no. so I so I responded to him. It's like no, 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 no. You're looking at this all wrong. This is survivor bias. We only get the movies, <laughs> right. Made about predators when they fail. We're right. there's no one left alive when
0: they succeed. Exactly. So I like that. I, yeah, I've been re- I've been reading this analytics book, and they were talking about the whole. <laughs> survivor phenomenon like the, the the classic one of analyzing planes that made it back yes from bombing runs over germany and like the wings are all shot up and what have you and and they're thinking oh we need to armor the wings because you know obviously this is where they're getting most of the hits and the the scientist whose name escapes me right now is like no 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 you're you're viewing it wrong all of the planes that got shot down Those are the like, these are the planes that made it back. They can fly back with these, this number of holes in their wings. You need to reinforce the engines because clearly that's, what's failing.
1: (laughs) Yes. Notice all of the ones that made it back do not have bullet holes in the engines. (laughs) The engine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That would be. And I think, I think there was a, an area along the fuselage near the tail where it's like thinnest that there were like no bullet holes there. Because right. if, if bullets went through there, the tail would shear off and then the plane crashes. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, so that's, no, I, my I agree that's my theory. That's my theory about Prey and all the other Predator movies is we're only viewing the ones that are like Fargo-esque to actual Predators. It's like they're cautionary yeah, the predator, tales for Predators.
0: The Predators kind of have it coming. I mean, they just show up. It's like big game hunting, right? Like they have mm-hmm. all the advanced weaponry. Like they're not... How well are you actually proving yourself if you got like all these super weapons?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's you like, know, like, I mean, if you have missile launchers and <laughs> you had somebody covered in mud running through a jungle, that's there's not a big like effort there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the the last thing I want to watch, I don't, I don't think you've seen it yet either. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong. Is Rings of Power? They have not. New- Lord of the Rings series uh, I have fallen into I I shouldn't say a trap um because that my wife might listen to this podcast and and take it the wrong <laughs> way I asked my wife hey do you want to watch the new Lord of the Rings series that's on prime and she said yeah I think that'd be great I'd watch an episode of two and if we like it you know we'll watch it together I'm like cool so now we're waiting to figure out when we can actually watch it um my youngest goes to college in like two and a half years so at the very least we should be able to see it then
1: nice nice so there's a
0: chance we'll see it sooner a chance nice
1: um, I have heard a little bit about it. Mostly the stupid, and I will call it stupid, controversies of like I agree. the <laughs> casting of elves not being all Lily White. It's like you, you guys are idiots. Um, I'm gonna. I'm <laughs> I just will gonna stand, I'll say it straight out. <laughs> you know, um, the uh, I don't know if I want to watch. Rings of Power or not, because it's based on the Cimmerillion, and I've tried mm. to read the Cimmerillion, yes. and it's, it's <laughs> not easy. No, like, There are people who, who've who done it, and they are truly dedicated to Lord of the Rings fandom,
0: and I am not that dedicated. I am not either. I have to hope that it is more engaging than the, the Cimmerillion. I gave I would,
1: up. <laughs> I would imagine it would be because they've got actual screenwriters who are interpreting that area. Yes. Um, but I imagine if anyone wants it to be exactly like the book, they will be sorely disappointed. Yes. Yeah. I don't I mean,
0: it's it's not the Bible. So, yeah. you know, it's yeah. I'm also so-
1: a little burned on the Hobbit. Mm. Like the fact that they turned a book that's maybe a half inch thick paperback into three full movies when they did like the original Lord of the Rings trilogy as you know as long as it it's like how how do you do that and so I'm I'm a little skeptical so I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till I hear people have actually watched it and
0: liked it before I jump in fair Fair. So speaking of things that we would like to watch in the future, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Peripheral came out on Prime. Now, I haven't. This is based on the William Gibson book. Yes. Um, I have not actually read this book. It's one of the few it's, recent it's Gibson new. books. I haven't yeah, read. yeah, I, it's, I wasn't in the last two years. Right.
1: Yeah. I wasn't aware that he'd. um, Like <laughs> I wasn't, which is unfortunate because I, I wasn't aware that he had kept writing, you know, like that he had put out more books, which is very sad because yes. I would have bought them um, or or read them. Um, so, yeah, it's it's recent. I don't know if it was like the last couple years or the last 10 years, but but even the last 10 years is still past when I saw it. But I saw the trailer. It looks pretty good. Um, it looks kind of like at the beginning of just the beginning of kind of like the jacking in sort of idea. Yes. So prior to something like Neuromancer.
0: Yes, it's definitely not as from what I saw of the trailer, which I just watched today, I would agree. It feels like it's on the the beginning of the Cyberpunk dystopia. The book Mm -hmm. came out in 2014, it turns out. Okay. (laughs) yeah so so eight years ago uh, been a bit <laughs> I believe he has released additional books since then yeah but I too yeah. have not been keeping up on my Gibson so I, I have been sorely tempted just because you've been talking about cyberpunk so much to go back and read Neuromancer. but um yeah I would need to find my copy if I if I still have it
1: another one that I saw that was coming out on prime or I believe it is out on prime is the Samaritan which is more along the lines of a superhero movie, it's kind of like unbreakable. I think in terms yeah, yeah. of like pseudo concept, uh, it's Sylvester Stallone. Uh, there's this kid who lives in a area, uh, his neighborhood, isn't super great. At least that's, it's what I remember of the trailer. His, his neighborhood, isn't super great. One of his neighbors in the, in the neighborhood, uh, is Sylvester Stallone who he has become convinced is a superhero who disappeared or and or retired 25 years ago and so he's trying to bring Sylvester Stallone back out of retirement so that he can fight crime in his neighborhood it looks kind of fun kind of interesting I have not it the reason why I say it looks like unbreakable is because I in the trailer I don't see I have not seen Sylvester Stallone use any superpowers So in fact, I see him being beat up a lot. (laughs) So, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, But it looks interesting.
0: It looks fun. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen the trailer yet, but I have heard about it. And so it sounds, it sounds interesting. I like Sylvester Stallone. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's been a while since I've seen anything. I think the last thing I saw was, was it Prison Break? No. Prison Break was the TV series. There was a a movie Mm -hmm. that he played. He's a he is a guy locked up in an, an unescapable max maximum security oh, that prison, was a which a while course, back,
1: yeah, 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 yeah,
0: which he must then break out of. So that's yes. probably the last Sylvester Stallone movie that I have seen.
1: But gotcha, <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, only other ones were one of the ones with Sylvester Stallone and a whole bunch of other action heroes as oh the Expendables, the Expendables. <laughs> I think the Expendables three, I think, was the last one I saw with him in it
0: that's probably the last one i saw too. i don't know if they're other yeah. they're of an age so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so i've been uh, i've been contemplating as i mentioned in the last podcast going to um going to MapACon, which is my local area convention which is uh, moving down the lehigh valley which is gonna be great so I, mm-hmm. I need to remember to register for it this week and and in part for registering for it i've been thinking about what games i want to run sometimes my uh my uh I bite off more than I can chew here because I love to run games. And so I'll often want to run three games, but then I don't have time to prep for three games, three games. That could be a problem. That could be a problem. So if you're writing the night before, that's usually not a great sign. So um, what I'm contemplating is running some stuff that has like, maybe I only have to write one game and then find some stuff. that has got some like short adventures or con, basically con ready adventures to go with. So Mm -hmm. uh, for example, mothership, uh i backed the kickstarter it may even be here before mepicon i don't know um but they've got like these little pamphlet one shots that seem to me like they would lend themselves well to a convention um morkborg i put on my shelf behind me um that's a little different because it's it's pretty dark (laughs) yeah so i think you need to find for a pre-gen you need to find something that's like you know it can get into the really deep into the death metal thing so like if you're running around wearing other people's eyes or something you don't know what audience you're going to get at a con. So finding something that maybe can capture the, the feel of Morkborg without getting into, um, the feel of Morkborg. <laughs> the feel of Borg. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that it's a great con game. Um, but I would be curious. Like it's, it's, it's like the, the advantage is it's lightweight and it's easy to, should be fairly easy to run. Yeah. Um, and I think you, that if you set the tone correctly, you could have fun with it. But. You may like, like if you decide to run
1: it, you may say, hey, you know, at the beginning, hey, we're going to use the X card here and describe the X card and go. Yeah. You know, like if people start stomping on eyeballs and that's a right. problem for people, <laughs> then you can back away from from that and yet still have the heavy metal feel. So,
0: yes, and I think it would it would be an appropriate use of it because it's it's a it's a communal Area, right? Like, right. It's, it's a community area. There's also the people in the table's now Even if everybody at the table's cool with it, like the table next to you might not be cool with it. So, like, you want to keep it. I don't know. borg and PG 13 seems wrong, but you know, in any case, yes, I think being yeah. able to, to kind of call out, like, it may just be problematic because if you get a person who goes, Oh, I've always wanted to play Morkborg and I wanted to wear the skin of my dead enemies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't need to make it family friendly, but you know it probably needs to not be overtly gross right um mutant crawl classics is uh is also one i would like to run uh, we've talked about it before yep. um i would i would like to run I'm, I'm, i was actually thinking of of writing an adventure for it just based on the hook beyond the funnel because i'm tired of like playing funnel bait like it seems like yeah. all of the dungeon crawl classics and mutant crawl classics games that i've played in have always been the funnel i want to get right. beyond the funnel right <laughs> And actually do like third level characters. You can, who can do stuff. Right.
1: And yet still
0: die. And then, oh yes. And yet still die. So come up with some interesting mutant powers, maybe have a ginormous like funnel as a postmodern, you know, relic <laughs> that you actually literally have to go beyond the funnel. Yeah. So and it's an old radio telescope in the middle of the desert.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That works. So those are the game. I am like the, the key thing I'm thinking of, it's, it's games that, these are games that I might not have a chance to run before I run them at the con. Mm-hmm. So having a lightweight rule set that I can understand beforehand and have like a cheat sheet and, and be able to run the game in say three hours so that you can pause if, if you need to walk through a particular rule or something like that, right? Like give right. people a little bit of wiggle room, right? Time to ask questions, that kind of thing.
1: I do have a suggestion for you.
0: How I would big, love to hear how it. How
1: big is Mepicon.
0: Uh, that's a good question. It's... um. I'd say these days, probably around 100 people. Okay.
1: Uh, The reason why I'm asking is, like, would you have the same people at your table for all three games? No. Okay. So here is one suggestion, which may or may not have occurred to you. Only prep one game and run it three times.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I want to play three different games. I know. Yeah, no, no, that's a good that's a good because you get better at it with each with each iteration yeah
1: and and each one will be different because you have different people sitting down with you and they'll make different choices
0: yeah I need to pitch it to my group too a lot of times what we'll what we'll do to make sure that our games run is amongst ourselves figure out who's actually going to be at the con and then um and then we pick the games that we know that we want to play and then I know that I'm going to have at least two players Right. And then if I pick up two, I'm good. Because gotcha. to do all the prep, because it's a small enough con that, you know, you're probably going to have a lot of games that there's a fair number of games that don't run. Got it. I've had like two out of my three games not run. Right. And so this strategy of making sure that I'm running games that my players want to play is helpful. Right. Yes. Especially because then you show up and you've got names like this is, this is like it's old school game convention right like the last time i was there and i think this is still true um they just had the sign-up sheets right and so you walk up and you put your name on the sign-up sheet if you see that there's two names there already it's like okay well i'm number three Mm -hmm. right whereas if there's no names there i'll go on to the one that's got three names right Right. so yep very true very true if people have suggestions for good like lightweight games to run at cons let me know. I, I'm, I would appreciate the feedback, and this episode will be out before I get to Mepicon. It's in November. It's like middle of November. Assuming, um, assuming we get that edited properly in, in time. Assuming, <laughs> assuming the other thing, you know, the other thing that occurred to me is like we might be able to do session zeros of these with our group, right? Like that, I can I can do a test run, right? Because if it's only like a two and a half to three hour game, like it would be a good opportunity to sure. I, I suspect I will be able to find volunteers sure. who would want to. Run. So,
1: yep. Well, I mean, uh, we were still playing spelljammer stuff but i'm willing to give over i think we've got the idea of spelljammer i think that's fun but i think yes. we like if we wanted to do one of these as an episode 0 or as like a, tr- a a play test of your con game this way you would get people who wouldn't be at Mepicon.
0: right <laughs> so you wouldn't
1: you wouldn't you wouldn't cannibalize your possible players um, exactly we could do
0: that so. Yeah. So, this is an idea. We'll see. Yep. So, you got a new toy. I did get a new toy. Uh I got
1: a new toy. Uh <laughs> it, It's weird. So I I ordered a Steam Deck a long time ago, February or March or whatever, cuz you know, that's that's how long the pre-order was, and I just got it this week. And and I've been playing around with it a little bit. I don't have a lot to really say about it yet. Like it's part of the reason I got it was I work from home. Uh, My office is here. My 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 work computer is right here and my gaming computer is right here. And and even if you're listening to this on a podcast, it's the same right here. Um, So. (laughs) I was kind of getting burned out about just being in my office for you know, eight hours a day on for work and then immediately staying in my chair or leaving and coming back to do some gaming or other things like that. And so one of the reasons I got the steam deck was so that I wouldn't be in my office while playing a game. gotcha. And so so far, that is accomplishing that task. I've been uh, I figured a good test of it would be, uh, Lego star Wars. So <laughs> I've been running around. I started a new game that's separate from the one that, uh, my daughter and I were playing together. Just started a brand new game and just have been running around in it and playing it. Controls are really nice. Uh, the screen is really good quality. It gets very warm, uh, in certain areas. It doesn't get warm to hold or anything like that, but it, it definitely, the heat, radiates out the top vent pretty pretty heavily. So like if I'm <laughs> if I'm cold in the winter, I'll just play the Steam Deck in a small room and we'll I'll get warm. <laughs> and so yeah, so I I played around with it a little bit. Uh looked at desktop mode. It allowed me to install Chrome. So if I want to watch a movie on it, I can I can just bring up Netflix on Chrome and watch through there. Uh there are A fair number of games that are basically steam deck ready i'm gonna try out cyberpunk 2077 on there even though it's not like steam deck certified it is you can play it on there but there are there are some warnings that come with it so i kind of want to try it out (laughs) yeah um but uh but yeah i i've liked it it's good uh so far it is really big uh, it is, I would say, two times thicker than a switch oh, and wow. and about two inches longer than a switch. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 like holding a steering wheel almost. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like it's got some heft. <laughs> it does. It does have some heft to it. And the the joysticks and stuff do not detach or anything like that. It's one one big unit. Gotcha. Yeah, I've I've liked it. I got the the there are three levels of Steam Deck and knowing that video games are going to get more intensive and, uh, you know, the ones I have are not lightweight. If I'm talking like Cyberpunk 2077 or even Skyrim, uh, if I want to play any of those on there, uh, I got the higher end one, which is, I think, the same graphics and everything like that, but like the, the storage medium is bigger uh and faster and so it it just worked out that way so and it has slightly has a slightly different screen protection thing going on there so gotcha I think it's I think it'll be worth it. We'll see. It's about the same cost as like a Xbox One or a PS5. So um I'm hoping it will last as long as one of those. So we'll see.
0: Yeah my Xbox my uh, my Xbox one still uh, still kicking yeah. waiting for it to die. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I came across this random thing. I've been trying to up my game when it comes to listening to podcasts because my summer reading list, although I have not completed my summer reading list, I've kind of downshifted a little bit from the intensity that I was doing during the summer. Um, and so I'm listening to more stuff. Um, and so I was listening to the latest episode of uh, Daydreaming with Daydreaming about with dragons. dragons. About dragons. Yes. Always get it wrong. Did you hear about dragons? And uh, Judd Carlman talked about character backgrounds and, and people loving to write the big, expansive backgrounds, but also right. talking about like the idea of a very short background as in a haiku. And gotcha. I thought that was fascinating. And if I had had just a little bit more time, I would have tried to write... Uh, a haiku for Kenny Godfinder, who's my current D and D character. I thought it was a fascinating idea. He has, he gives, he has some examples on his website. I'll link to it from the show notes. Oh yeah. It's a cool idea, right? Like three lines, right? Makes you think about the key things that are, are like the core aspects of your character. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And his suggestion was find a photo or like a picture that depicts your character and then use that as the inspiration for, for writing your haiku. I don't know. It's really mandatory. Right. But like, I just liked the idea of like, taking that time, just that little bit of time to come up with a vision of your character.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's I, I heard that episode as well. It is hard
0: to yes. do. a haiku. Well, that's the thing. It like, is hard. <laughs> like you can do a haiku,
1: you know, I mean, it's what is it? Five, seven, five in terms of something like that. The problem is, is not that form. It's having it make sense. And like, like giving and having the haiku be evocative, I I was about to say descriptive, but evocative enough to make you like have an entire world, uh, entire character history blossom in your head just from hearing that haiku haiku, right? It's a little intimidating. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is and i don't know i mean honestly i just i thought it was cool and i think i mean just from from my thinking like, i don't know i would go and read these to my gaming group but i like the idea of coming up with them as like inspiration for what your who your character is even if it's not a very good haiku and it is 575 right um okay <laughs> but uh um. yeah so I, I thought you know and it stretches your brain i think that's the thing i love about gaming and role-playing games in general is that Anybody can write a couple of pages. Well, maybe not everybody. No, it's easy enough for me to sit down and pound out backstory. Um, not so easy to sit down and write three lines of haiku. <laughs> well, it's it's like the difference between you know writing
1: uh, ha- writing a ton of of prose, but then condensing that down into a short story is hard. You know, editing and making something short is almost almost always harder than to have something huge and expansive. You know, oh, yes. your economy of words is very, diff- is essential. Just because it's gonna hard and intimidating doesn't mean you shouldn't try and make yes. hundreds, you know, hundreds, <laughs> make several bad haikus because you're gonna get better at it the more you do it. And and maybe the one of the ones you do, you you really like, you know, that's great. Right. Yeah, it's I, I like the idea. You, were, you would spend more time thinking about the haiku than it would take to actually put pen to paper
0: and write it down. Right. Yeah, so. definitely. And I think, uh, you know, and it's like, if it's 15 minutes or half an hour thinking about your character, I think that's the, the part that like, as he was talking about, it just really appealed to me, right? Like just gives you an opportunity to just kind of think and be creative at the same time.
1: Yeah. And I think it, it kind of, to me, it hits like when you're creating aspects for fate.
0: You know, yes. like, yes, very much so,
1: like strongest man around is kind of a eh, aspect like it's an aspect, but like, you know, uh, it's hard. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of one like like winner of the bull wrestling at Palouse, you know, is is more evocative of like, well, what's Palouse? What's the bull wrestling at Palouse? You know, like there's a whole bunch more there that that could be part of that aspect, you know, and it's not just and it is not just about strength at that point either. Right. And yeah, so I liked it. yeah. Yeah. The, the the haiku fits that niche for me.
0: Yes. I think it's a very similar now that you mentioned it, it's a very similar exercise, right? And and we ran our our fake game, right? Like coming up with I think one of my edges was or one of my uh aspects was I can hit the broadside of a parn. Mm-hmm. Right. And I I liked where I got my head thinking. Well, on the one hand, that means I'm not a very good shot. On the other hand, I could hit the broadside of a barn. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which occasionally is appropriate. <laughs> so, and yeah, and we could even
1: we could time. even have like taken those uh, those aspects and and made them even more evocative or whatever. Like like sometimes those aspects give hints of. Like antagonists in yes. the story as well. And I'm sure that the haiku could could perform that same sort of fashion. Right. I um, like it. I like it. I just I don't know if I'll have the brain power to do it anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> maybe in a yeah. few weeks. Maybe in a few weeks, which
0: I'll tell you I'm about do next,
1: next episode. So.
0: Yeah, I might have to do it for Kani. I don't know. For some reason I think Kani and haiku just go hand in hand. Kani is a uh, he is a cleric of many gods. He's a pantheotic worshiper of all of the Forgotten Realm gods. Cause he just picks whichever nice. god is most appropriate for the situation. Sure. And Kenny, his name is actually how I always misspell my name when I'm typing too fast. So <laughs> 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 Nice. I imagine it to be like a kind of rambly haiku with some misspelled words. So that nice. So nice. would be Kenny. It's just, I don't know, you got me thinking. So yeah.
1: and I could I could totally see that happening in like twenty cyberpunk twenty seventy seven with you know some of the factions that you deal with and such. So like I could totally see one of the edge runner players having like a haiku that they're known by. So
0: Right right so if you have haikus for your characters we would love to hear them <laughs> so you can send them to us um so you know we love feedback uh so you can send it to us at podcast at layer or via twitter we're at layer of, layer of secrets there uh we stream this live on twitch uh so if you want to get to fix things early and unedited with all of our bloopers we are Lair of Secrets, one word over there. You can also visit LairofSecrets.com and leave us some feedback, topic ideas, your own thoughts on what we've talked about, and of course, your haikus. Thanks for listening, everybody.